Thank you, guys. Um, I have been, you know, we're a church that we, we call a spade a spade. We uh, talk about things the way they are, and I have been this week super excited about today and also pretty nervous uh, as well. And so I'll try to explain both of those, uh, starting kind of with the nerves. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word missions. Uh, a lot of us, we have a church background, and so missions... For many of us growing up, it might have been that one day a year or a couple of times a year where there would be some people who would come in and missionaries and they would talk about missions and, and, uh, and, and, you know, what God was doing in their life. And it was, it was either a concept that was, it was really foreign and separated from your life. And it was just like, I don't know really how this connects with me. And, uh, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm kind of persuaded just to check out. Um, or it was the day where the church would make you feel really, really, really guilty for not being in missions and talk about how you too should be a missionary. And so, uh, I, I've been nervous because I have been really excited over the last couple of years thinking about the opportunity for, um, us to have a family that we could connect with that was doing mission work. And and the nervousness is I don't want us to check out. I don't want us to approach uh, this the way that maybe we grew up approaching it, to where it's somehow disconnected from our lives. Uh, I have had the opportunity to be talking to Kirby now for about three years. And the exciting thing for me, looking back, is the one of the first conversations that Kirby and I had uh, was right as, as his family was they were really trying to prepare to go overseas and, and do this work they felt like the Lord was calling them to. And so him and I were talking, and, and it was right around the time that the Lord was allowing me to step into this position as lead pastor at Agape. And uh, we just weren't in a position to really be able to do anything at, at, that, at that time. And so uh, the next year when Kirby and I talked, the Lord had just been so gracious to us, and He had been so gracious to our church that that dynamic had changed. And so we were able to, to began to do some support for them. And, and that relationship has just grown, um, mainly because of how Kirby and Whitney have handled themselves, and uh, is a very relational family. And just talking to Kirby, I really appreciate his style of getting to know people, which is to seemingly ask a lot of questions. So if you know me, like I... I get that, and uh, and and just his interaction with me over the last couple of years, being willing to answer questions and just tell us how things are going, tell me about things going on, um, and just kind of keep us up to date. That has been very appreciated. Uh, I've been very appreciative of that. So many of you may not even realize if you don't look at our budget that we support a, a missionary family, and that is why I was so excited for them to be able to come here today and speak to us. My goal, what I hope for, is that this is the beginning of kind of a new season where we are able to meet a family that God is connected with our church that is doing mission work and that we are able to begin forming a relationship with them so that God can work through us, not only the church supporting them financially, but also us being a part of what they're doing. It is my prayer and my anticipation today that the Lord is going to speak to some of us individually about actually becoming partners with them in financial support of their family and, and, and what God has called them to. I also am anticipating some of us will be called to a place of prayer, regular prayer for them. And I am even hopeful that this might be the beginning of where perhaps some of us at some point, if the Lord wills it, on their side and on our side might have the opportunity to go to where they are and see what the Lord is doing there. So this is not just about uh, a nice family that we are loosely connected with coming and sharing with us. I believe that the Lord wants to do something with them and with our connection with them. And so that is what I am praying for today, and that is what I am hopeful for that the Lord is going to do that work. So I pray that the Lord will give us attentive hearts and minds today and a relational connection with this family as they are sharing, and then afterwards we're going to pray for them. And uh, I'm just very, uh, very excited about that. So let's pray, and then 
uh, I'm going to invite them to come up or they may be coming up one at a time and uh, they're going to share with us. So, Father, I am so excited for this opportunity and I am thankful for the way that you have worked in the life of our church. God, I'm so thankful that you have brought us to a place to where corporately as a body we can do some support of, of overseas work for the gospel. Uh, God, that is a gift that you have given us. But, dear Lord, I am also excited about having the opportunity to connect with a family relationally that would allow us as a church, as a local body in Pinson, Alabama, to be able to impact people in another part of the world where the gospel is being shared. So, God, I'm asking, please do the work today, God, that we need in our hearts and our minds and our church, Father, those that you would purpose today to connect with this family through financial giving or through prayer support, God, or even potentially in one day going to where they are. God, I ask that you would plant those seeds today, water those seeds, or even today, God, bring about fruit, dear Lord, because I, I believe this is an opportunity for us as a church. So, God, I pray that in your wisdom and your sovereignty, you would bring everything together and, and I trust that you will, God. You are able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. So be with us during this time. God, um, help us to hear with spiritual ears. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's very good to see so many different faces scattered about. Um, we are excited to be here. Um, as mentioned, my name is Kirby. Um, this is my wife, Whitney. Um, our daughter, Eliza, is with my sister currently, uh, Carrie. So she's in one room somewhere. I don't know where everything is here. Um, and this is our son, Ronan. Um, he, who was born actually um, in the Czech Republic. So this is his first time in the U.S., which is fun. Um, what we're going to try this morning is um, Whitney's going to share for a little bit, and then after that, I'll come up and I'll share as well. And um, yeah, be thinking, if you have any questions of while we're sharing or things like that, write them down, because I don't know if you're like me, but if I don't write them down, I forget them by the end. So we would love to answer questions and talk with you afterwards. So, Okay, so good morning. Um, as Kirby said, I am Whitney. Um, and maybe if there's a few of you out there, just say a little prayer in your spirit for this time. Cause, um, after hearing what, uh, Pastor David has been praying, it makes sense a little more now, but it, it feels like it has been very hard to get to this church. There have been a lot of, a lot of obstacles or challenges that have popped up. Um, and this is even the second time we were trying to get here this year. So, um, I don't know what God wants to do with this connection. Um, or if it even has anything to do with what Kirby or I say. Um, but I do pray we all have ears to hear what God wants to do this morning. Um, cause I feel like he's, he's up to something. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up in Fort Payne, Alabama. Um, at the age of nine, I was saved at a vacation Bible school. Um, just kind of giving a little bit of our backstories, so you know, how we got to this point and what God did along the way. Um, I remember, um, that the people in my home church, uh, there's a picture of it there. The people in my home church really supported me and loved me and encouraged me in pursuing God <clears throat> and loving Christ and fostering the love that for Jesus that they saw in me. And so it is incredible to see a church family with so many young ones, um, and like all ages. Um, and I just want to commend you guys on loving each other because it, it just feels like a big family here. Um, and so, you know, keep pouring into each other, um, because that's how God uses each of us to encourage one another in our calling. Um, at the age of 13, I felt God calling me to missions. I was at a youth conference, have no idea what he, what the conference was about, but I remember praying in that noisy auditorium and hearing God say that, that international, that foreign missions was a part of my calling. And this was just a little puzzle piece, um, of my life. Um, but I held on to that. I also, um, another puzzle piece was a love for Africa. Um, so you can go to the next slide. Um, I spent my college summers in Kenya, um, 
ever since I was young, I had been interested in Kenya and even some tribes in, in South Sudan, what is now South Sudan. Um, I worked there in community health and development, uh, through what's called a global chain network. Um, community health evangelism is what that stands for. I saw some incredible things taking place. Um, communities really being changed. Um, and I loved it. I loved being there and I really felt at home in that cultural context. Um, and I remember one of the t- times I was in Kenya asking God, um, is this where you want me for life? Like after I graduate, should I move here and live here forever? And God said, no. He said, my call on your life is for different places at different times. And ever since then, he has led me in a prayer. And that prayer is, God, help me to see the world the way you do and help me to love the world the way you do. And ever since then, he has truly been growing my heart for the whole world to see the people around me as he does and to love them like he does. Because he is a faithful God. Um, and that's what he desires for us. Um, and in the next slide, um, you'll see Kirby with his family. Uh, there's a good old picture of Carrie up there too. So, <laughs> um, Kirby was saved at the age of six, grew up in a, in a godly family. Uh, they walked the walk. Um, but as Kirby got older, he began to realize his faith really had to be his own. Um, he really had to surrender everything to Christ. Um, and he's got some incredible stories of how God led him in doing that. Um, so feel free to ask him about it later. Um, but yeah, he learned to put God first and he learned that whatever God had for him, that's what he wanted. And so he didn't necessarily feel a call to missions. He just felt a call to obey God, which is a call for all of us. Um, and so he just wants to obey God and whatever that looks like, wherever God is leading us. Um, yeah. So next on the next slide, we got married in, um, 2013 and, um, uh, not long after that, we started working youth ministry. So I guess you can tell which picture is which, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So God, at that point we were kind of, um, we knew that we wanted to, that God was, had a plan for missions in our life. Um, but we also felt him saying, stay, work on a good foundation for your marriage. Um, you have some things to learn. Um, and so we did, um, after we started this youth ministry, God really exposed a lot of things in our heart where we had felt kind of jaded towards the American church, had seen a lot of politics playing into it. Um, and just been kind of frustrated, but, but after we took this job in youth ministry, he broke our heart for the local church and said, this is how I choose to reach the world. And so if you think you can go and love a church or start churches in another country, but you can't love my church right here, then we need, we have some work to do. And so he really broke our heart for the local church everywhere. Um, reminding us that the church is the bride of Christ. And Christ cares for his bride. And so that was a huge time of growth for us spiritually, um, as well as we learned a lot about discipleship and how discipleship is not just about a program um, or books or resources, but it's about living life with people. And as we walk through life, we grow in the spirit and in maturity um, up into Christ, who is the head. And so... Um, we had the opportunity with our youth group to take a trip overseas. And it was the first international trip that my home church ever did, which was where we were working. Um, and we really felt like God was saying the time is now. So after a few years in, in ministry there, um, he was saying the time is now for you to pursue missions. So, so we started doing that and we knocked on a lot of doors my training and education and experience had all been in third world places. So we looked to Africa. We looked to the Middle East where I had studied abroad, some places there, um, even Indonesia. Um, we looked all over and doors kept closing. And if you know anything about like the mission world, if you tell a missionary, Hey, I'm interested in coming. Like they never say no. <laughs> they always need more people. Always. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. But every door remained closed. And we're like, this went on for months. We're like, God, okay, what are you doing? 
uh, we trust that you're saying now is the time, but where, where is the opportunity? And then, um, at a wedding, uh, friends of ours were telling us about these missionaries. Well, this couple in the Czech Republic, they're a Czech couple, um, and they had planted a church and they were doing a lot of student outreach, um, and really needed some more mature believers to come alongside them. And we were kind of like, okay, sure. We'll just like, it's, it's good to network with people in ministry, but we were not thinking Europe was where God was calling us. But from the first conversation, it looked like God was just opening this door wide. And, and it took me a few more video calls. <laughs> Um, to come around to the fact that this was not Africa. This was not, um, where I had experience and training. Um, but it became very obvious that this was a God had in store and he is all the training or experience I need. Um, because it's him that brings the harvest. It's him that brings the increase. Um, yeah. So we committed to going to the Czech Republic. We approached world gospel mission, um, and see, to see if they were interested in sending us there and they were, and we would love to share more about them as well and the opportunities they have, um, for missions and being involved in missions in a variety of ways. Um, but yeah, so we began that journey. Um, and what God was calling us to was a thriving young church called Remedy International Church. Um, a small little church that, um, in a, a small-ish sized town in the Czech Republic. Um, but it just felt anointed to us. It was just like, you know, this was it. God was at work and his spirit was moving and people were listening. And he was inviting us to be a part of that, to join him. And so with a lot of excitement, we began to pursue that. But we realized we didn't know very much about the Czech Republic. Um, so you can go to the next slide. The Czech Republic is right in the heart of Europe. Um, it's bordered by Germany, Poland, uh, Slovakia, and Austria. Um, it's kind of right on the border between Western and Eastern Europe. And it, it feels that way culturally, too. Um, and it was formerly a part of the country of Czechoslovakia. Um, they had a peaceful split, uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, in 1992, for any of you history people out there. Um, and for much of the 20th century, it was ruled by the USSR. So they were ruled under communist rule. Um, so they have a long history of, of oppression, um, in recent times. They are statistically today one of the most atheistic countries in the world. Um, behind, just behind China and Japan. Um, they're as non-religious as Sweden. Um, and so we were kind of shocked by that. Uh, we didn't expect that, but, but God knew, he knew, um, what we needed to know as well. Christians, there are very few and churches are few and far between. And so people, Czechs, they face what, from where we can see two main challenges to the gospel. Um, one is that People on a daily basis are not exposed to believers. They don't see lives of anyone who has been transformed by the gospel. So they can live their entire life never knowing a Christian. Um, they are, I think statistically it's less than 1% evangelical in the Czech Republic. Um, but for those who do believe, the challenge is finding fellowship with other believers. Um, it is so hard to find community as a Christian um, that so often people will just revert back to their old way of life um, because there is no way for them to grow, to be discipled, to mature. Um, I have a dear friend whose name is Katarzyna. She's also Katka for short. Um, she was saved about 10 years ago. She knew there was something different about her friend Misha who shared the gospel with her. Um, but then she moved off to college. Um, they took different paths. And so she didn't really have a way to stay in touch well with Misha. And so there were no other Christians in her life. And she remembers year after year asking God, you know, I believe in you, but I look around and my life does not look different. So what difference does this make? And then after um, she moved back to the town of Podjebradi, 
which is the town where we live. Um, and she was really interested in meeting foreigners. So we got connected and she and I and another, another, uh, missionary lady from the U S we started a Bible study together and she will tell you what a difference it made in her life to be able to meet regularly every week with other believers and talk about the word of God. And the growth in her was exponential. And to see her surrender, her future, her plans, her, she want, she didn't know what she wanted to do for a career. It, and just having this desire to be married, all these things that someone in their early thirties, you know, is thinking like, okay, I need to get a job. I need to get married. Like all these things that felt like a pressure on her felt like she was disappointing people in her life. Suddenly she surrendered them to God. And she was like, I am finding more fulfillment in this than I ever could in anything else. And she started to see the spirit leading her and he is giving her a calling and a vision to reach the community. Um, and she has plugged into the local church that we're connected with. And she is just like a bright light in that place. And it is so exciting to see the power of Christian fellowship at work. Um, because our relationships are a part of our growth, a part of our maturity. Um, yeah, so just to recap, those are the two challenges I see. One, that, that people are not exposed to Christians. They're not exposed to the Bible, to the Word of God, and they don't have fellowship uh, it's, it's difficult to have fellowship with other believers because they are so few. Um, but God always has an answer. And so this, what we see is that Czechs are actually very spiritually open right now. At this point in history, they are searching. They are looking. And it is just as Jesus said to his disciples as they were looking out over a crowd of people when he felt compassion for them. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. And so we feel that God is really saying that the time for harvest is now. And we are seeing growth among Christians. We are seeing multiplication happening. Um, yeah, next slide. Sorry. Um, so this is this building here with the word written on the top of it. That's an inn. And in the basement of that inn is a coffee shop. And in that coffee shop is where our church meets. This is in the town of Podjebrady, um, about one hour east of Prague, the capital city. Um, and here, uh, together with our church, um, we have been pursuing how God wants to lead, how he wants to use this community, this body of believers to reach the people around them, to be a light for Christ. Um, and he, so we have attended, all of us together as partners in the gospel have attended um, some trainings and leading discovery Bible studies. And so this is just a simple way to invite friends, family, people in our life to read the Bible with us and discover who God is for themselves. We ask simple questions like, what does this passage teach us about God or about people or if this is true, what does it mean for me? And who can I tell this truth to? And so we have friends, Czech friends, who are not believers, who are sharing Bible stories with their family members, with their coworkers, discussing the wisdom that is inside and realizing that this is not some antiquated book from history, but it actually applies today. And as they dive in deeper to who God is, they realize that's because it's alive with a person. Um, maybe... Well, I'll leave that to Kirby. I won't steal his thunder. <laughs> um, yeah, so we see that people are pursuing. They're interested. They're curious. And and we have been res- shockingly, pleasantly surprised um, to see how responsive people are to, when we invite them to read the Bible with us. They're curious, and, and they like to learn. And so they're very interested in having these conversations, which is thrilling for us. Um, yeah. God is moving in the Czech Republic and he is raising up believers little by little. Um, and we are blessed to be a part of that, to be, to be a part of the, the efforts to make his kingdom come there in the Czech Republic. Um, I'm going to invite Kirby to come up now and share a little bit with us. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and do one more slide. Yeah, I missed one. This is our church. Yeah, I meant to show it to you. So this is, this is the, the, the core group of our church, Remedy International Church. So these are our Czech brothers and sisters. And these are your Czech brothers and sisters. And don't we rejoice that one day we will all be together praising God in every language and every tongue. Um, it's good stuff. All right, come on up, Kirby. 
All right. Now, if any of you thought that we weren't going to be looking at some scripture today, I'm sorry. You're greatly going to be disappointed. So open your Bibles with me if you would. We're going to be looking at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. As we've been traveling around, um, God has just constantly brought this passage of scripture up for us to share. Um, And no matter how many times I read it, it just, it's still just deep and close to my heart. So Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 11, and we'll go to verse 18. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So Ephesians 2, 11 to 18. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. In verse 11, It starts off by saying, don't forget. Some of your translations may say something like, remember. Don't forget. Remember. Remember that you used to be an outsider. I love the fact that we read a passage this morning from Colossians, and the word outsider jumped out at me. I can't remember all that it said. But we all used to be outsiders. Every single person in this room. Paul is reminding us here, don't forget that. Some of you, it could have been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I don't know. But every single person here was an outsider at one point. Don't forget that, Paul says. In those days, verse 12, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God, and without hope. If you have underlining or highlighting capabilities, do the without God and without hope. Since we all used to be outsiders, every one of us, we all lived in this life at one point and we had no God and no hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So the only reason, the only reason that all of us are no longer outsiders is because the blood of Christ. That's it. Not something that we accomplished, not our works, not anything like that. The only reason we are no longer outsiders is because of the blood of Christ. Paul's telling us, don't forget that. Remember it. Remember whenever you interact with people who are not followers of Christ that you used to be in the same situation they're in. They They may be doing not wise things with their time or with their money or with their actions or things like that. And Paul's reminding us, don't forget, you used to be there. And the only reason you're not there is because of Jesus. 
In verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. I love that verse. As I read it, I think of the church today. As Whitney mentioned, God rebroke our heart for the American church. We both grew up in the church. We'd seen the inner workings. We saw drama and different things that take place sometimes of quarrels over carpet color and chairs, etc., etc. You know, it's all there. We've seen it. And God rebroke our heart to remind us, as Whitney said, that the church belongs to Christ. And as I read these verses in verse 14, how he united Jews and Gentiles, I think of the church today in our culture. I think if we asked everyone in here, everyone would pretty much be in agreement that there's a little bit of separation among believers today. That's a fair way to say it, I think. There's a little bit of varying views and um, ideas among believers. And as I look at this verse, I think Jews and Gentiles at this time were more separated than we are today within the church. No matter how separated we may be and how we view things, Jews and Gentiles were more separated at this time. And what does it say at the end of verse 14? That he, Jesus, broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. How did he do that? How did he break down the wall of hostility that separated us? Well, he did this in verse 15, ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in his, creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Every time I read this passage, I internally, in the back of my mind, always ask the question, what does it look like for me to die to, to get rid of the hostility among believers? What does that look like? we clearly see that Jesus gets rid of the hostility between Jews and Gentiles. No, Not all of it, I know, but gets rid of that wall so they can become one people. What is God calling us to? How is he calling us to die to ourselves so that we can bring unity to the body? Unity is so important. So important. We see it in so many different ways in Scripture how unity is so evident of Christ's love within the church. And we see that within families. Whenever families aren't unified, there's separation and trouble and things like that. Whenever there isn't unity among believers, there's problems. There's trouble. So I ask you to dwell on that and think about that. If there's a believer or someone that you know that you have hostility with or hard to deal with, is there any way that you could die to yourself so that you could have unity with another believer? Because it it breaks my heart to see the struggles that we have among believers. And I, I know the reasons behind a lot of them, and I understand those things, and I'm not downplaying them as not being important. But how can we die to ourselves so that Christ can be glorified in our relationships with other believers. And what, what will that look like? What will that look like to those not believers who are outsiders still looking in at people who claim Christ? If we die to the things that we think we need or we want or whatever so that we can have unity with other believers. Now, unity doesn't mean that we agree on everything. That's not it. Unity is different than that. I mean, even within my immediate family of wife and two children, there's clearly disagreements that we don't agree on everything. And if you have bigger families, which I guess one or two of you have bigger families than that, just gonna, one or two maybe, there might be a few varying viewpoints of how you view things. 
doesn't mean you're not unified. It just means you have difference of opinions, but you still love each other. And so when we think of the body of Christ as a family, we think, okay, how do we step past this hostility that we can have towards one, one another to find unity? Verse 17, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. I love the reiteration that the reason that we can do this is because of what Christ has done for us. Christ is saved. For those of you here who are followers of Jesus Christ, Christ saved you when you were still a sinner. He died for you when you were still a sinner. And that's why we are able to forgive. And that's why we are able to find unity. That might seem kind of like a... a, How is he going to connect us to the Czech Republic? Ah, you know, we'll get there somehow. I don't know. But there's unity that we're seeing within the Czech believers. Um, There was the picture that was up there of the church. And um, I don't know if you noticed, but there were quite a few younger people. Um, Almost every single person in the church is under 30. And they are all first-generation believers. Um, there's one one guy whose family has a has a Catholic background, but besides that, there's no one else within the church whose parents were believers. Um, as Czechs come to faith, not all the time, but a lot of the time, they get separated from their family. Their family doesn't want to associate with them anymore. Or they don't want to hear it, and so it's harder to be around them. And so when they leave their family because they want to follow Christ, they are, thankfully, the church that we are a part of was with other believers so that they can have family there. And you can see it. When you're there, you can see it. For us, it took a little bit to kind of get into the group because they had, they were such a close-knit family because they had been, um, cast out from their families, their their home families. And so it's an interesting dynamic of unity at play that we got to see of them having unity among believers because they didn't have another option. They didn't have the other part. There's beautiful things that can take place as we seek unity with other believers. Works that can take place, actions, etc., etc., Prayer, prayer in unity. Um, I think, if you would, uh, pull the slide back up. I have a picture I wanted to go to. Um, once it gets up, I'll, I'll show you. There's, um, well, there's a man by the name of Yitika. Um, I don't think Whitney, she might have mentioned that we had planned on doing youth ministry before we, uh, before we left to go to the Czech Republic. And, did she tell you this story? I guess needs some heads nodded. Yes, no. Youth ministry? Anything? No? Okay. No one's given me a good yes, so I'm going to tell you the story. She did tell it. What? Stateside, but she didn't tell about it. Okay, so... Okay, so the connection was going to be we were going to go and do youth ministry within the Czech Republic. That was one of the connection pieces that God showed. So, um, we were going... That was the plan. All of the support raising and different things that we did was planning to do youth ministry. Once we got there, the pastor of the church picked us up and was driving us to the town that we were going to be living in. Um, and on the way from the airport to the town we were going to be living in, he told us that they had just been banned from entering the school anymore. So we spent two-plus years traveling around telling people we were about to go and do youth ministry And within the first hour of the country, the ministry completely changed. So, that was an exciting thing that happened. But, before the youth activities quit, because people continued to come for a couple of months, um, you can go to the next picture. This guy, Yirka. um, He was one of the guys that was coming to the youth events before they quit. Um, And he and I built a friendship. Well, we were just acquaintances at first. 
So acquaintances for a few weeks and things like that. Um, but eventually, um, we started talking outside of the, the youth events. And um, this was around the time that we started doing Discovery Bible Studies. Um, and God had blessed him with the ability to be able to understand English enough so that we could have Bible studies together. So we invited him over to our home, and we started reading Scripture together, um, opening a passage of Scripture, reading through it, and just hearing thoughts and things like that. We met for, I don't know, three, four weeks, something like that, maybe a little longer. And then COVID hit. Yay, everybody loves COVID. So then we were no longer able to have him in our home because of the strict restrictions from the government. Um, but thankfully, he wanted to start meeting online. So he and I continued to meet, just he and I, online, doing these Discovery Bible studies. And eventually, um, he wanted to start reading the Bible on his own, which he did. And he asked me, he said, you know, where should I start? You know, maybe John. John would be good. Maybe Matthew. That's a good one. One of those two. He's like, you know what? I'm going to start in Genesis. All right. Good luck. Let me know when you get to Leviticus, and we'll talk from there. Yudka read almost the entire Bible before he put his faith in Christ. It showed to us, and what it taught us is about the Czech culture. Czechs are thorough. They care about knowledge. And whenever they are interested in something, they're going to explore it in all of its avenues. And they're going to ask as many questions as they can about it. And that means there's going to be some tough ones. But that's okay. It's good. And so what we saw with Yirka's journey is that how Christianity and how Jesus is spreading in the country, it's slow. It is. There's no way to get around it. It's a slow mission, ministry field. But when people come to faith in Christ, they're in. They don't, they aren't like Americans a lot of the time where we kind of make decisions out of emotion or we feel like it or things like that. No, they don't do that. They ask questions. They investigate. They want to know. They think about it when they're alone. They ask other people questions. And so it's a very long journey. But when they come to faith in Christ, they've got all that out of the way. And they know what they believe. And so, it's a beautiful thing. I, I've, I've asked Yudka, I said, hey, we're going to be traveling around, talking with people. Is it all right, you know, if, if I talk about you and show people pictures and things like that? And he said, yeah, why not? Like, all right, cool. Mm, that's good. Because sometimes people could be antsy about that kind of thing. But I, we, um, I asked him, what would... If you could tell people something, like if he was in this place, if he was going to tell people something about Czech believers, what would it be? Or what would he ask for prayer for? Or, you know, anything like that. And his, his answer was pray that people will know. That people will know who Jesus is. And how, how simple is that? How simple is that? That kind of ties back to, to everything with all of you. All of you are in a ministry field. No matter where you live, no matter where you work, no matter where you go to school, every single one of you is in a ministry field. Every single one of you knows people who do not follow Jesus Christ. If you don't, come and shake my hand after the service. I would like to meet you because that's wild. So every single one of us is on a ministry field. And we get to represent who Jesus is. What an honor. What a privilege. That we get to show people who Jesus is by our day in and day out of life. That doesn't mean that we're perfect, as all of you. None of you are, thankfully. Because I wouldn't like to be up here if someone was perfect doesn't mean that we have it all together, but it means that whenever we do something silly or screw up or whatever, we know how to go to people and apologize. Say, hey, I'm sorry. That was dumb. I, I don't know why I did that, but I did. Being humble. Representing Jesus to people. We want to encourage you to do that. We can't share the gospel with everyone. 
even if that was our top priority in life was we want to share the gospel with every single person on the earth, we literally couldn't do it. Wouldn't have enough time. All of us together can reach a whole lot of people. Way more than we can by ourselves. And so I want to encourage you to see what that looks like. See what that looks like with your day in and day out of life. God, what does it look like for me to show Jesus to people? How do I do that? It might be something that would be uncomfortable to you, or it might not. It might be going up and praying for somebody. That's it, just praying for them. I don't know. There are way more ways that we can show Jesus to people than we can think of. And I'm so glad for that. How does that tie with us? Is that, as David mentioned, we seek unity among believers. And so we want to be connected with as many of you as possible. Because as I said, each of you is in a ministry field, just like we are. We're in another country, it doesn't matter. There's people who need Jesus there, just like there are people who need Jesus here. And we want to encourage one another on this journey. That could be prayer times in the morning. It could be, like you said, financial support. I don't know. But I want you to pray about it. That if God wants you to stay connected with us more, whether, yeah, just that you would seek after him and what that looks like. Um, because as, as we saw for the two years that we were in the Czech Republic before, it's encouraging. So we send out a, um, we send out a, a newsletter every single month about what God's been doing and, you know, what he's going, like, what our plans are for the next month and things like that, just to keep people informed. Um, we send that, most of them out by email, some of them, um, by post. But whenever we would get responses from people, I can't tell you the encouragement that we got. Because people would tell us, hey, we read this, and I was reading this in the scripture this morning, and God brought this to my mind, and I wanted to share it with you. And that's it. That was an encouragement piece. That's unity within the body. That's encouraging each other along this walk to glorify our God. Because we all have down times. I do, and I imagine most of you do as well, that we can't always be at the mountaintop. And when we're in that low which is good because then it teaches us to rely on Christ more. Our brothers and sisters can encourage us. And that's what we want. We want to encourage you when you're down, and we want you to encourage us when we're down. It's a beautiful picture of unity. Um, it's a blessing that we, have get, that we get to travel around and do this. Um, we've been back in the States since May, and I think we've been in an, a different church every single Sunday except for like three or four, something like that. But it's good. I'm not drained from it. I'm not tired from it. Because we went for two years with seeing very few believers to now every week I get to see new faces of believers all the time. And it's good. It really is. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray and then I'll ask David to come back up as I close. Lord, I I just am grateful for you, and I praise you and I thank you for this body of believers. I praise you that you are at work in their lives wherever they are. And God, some of them, the idea of unity with believers who might seem distant from them stood out. For some of them, the idea of being in prayer partnership with us stood out. Some of them, I don't know, God, but I believe that you are at work in hearts here. And I pray, Lord, that we all would humble ourselves before you to glorify your name with our entire lives. Not just little pieces, but our entire lives. Lord, I praise you and thank you for this journey, and I thank you that we are able to meet together today. And we give you the rest of this day freely, and ask that you would do as you please in it. So we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Now, if you if you give as part of worship at Agape, then you're you're investing in Kirby and Whitney and their family already because as a church we're investing. As a matter of fact, you may remember when we took our spring offering back in March, April, May, we said 15% of whatever came in for spring offering was going to missions. And so that 15% of what came in in the spring has been gifted to the McMunns um, as they are, um, they'll be preparing to go back to the Czech Republic in, in January, I think is their current timetable. Uh, so part of my prayer and my hope is as the Lord would give us increase here as a church, in what we have so that we could increase in our support of them. But at the same time, I believe, as I've said, like I, it's my hope this morning that as, as you've just met them, and I, and I think you could, could clearly see that like the goal wasn't for them just to come up and fundraise, that Kirby was sharing their heart. And so my hope is that God has spoken or stirred some of you in a specific way today that, that you have this, you know what? I'm supposed to maintain some type of connection with them. And, and so there's some ways that you can do that on the table as you're leaving. They have set up some information. There's a place I saw where you can sign up to get their newsletter. And so they, they can email that to you every month. There are also some cards, I believe, that talk about ways, uh, that you can pray and things that you can pray for and is there information there on how people can support financially if if they if you choose to do that. So I would encourage you to sign up for the newsletter to receive that as a way of being reminded of their family uh, and take the other information and just see what the Lord does. Like our goal here this morning, the Bible clearly says we do not we are to not guilt people into giving. If we do that, even if people give, whether it's to a local church or to a missionary, we're outside of the word. So we want God to do that. But I, I do just want us to put our hearts in a place to where we can respond to what God is saying. I, We are a relational church, and I feel like the way support here will work for someone who is in mission work will be by relationship. I think that's what will work here. And I love what they shared this morning, and it is it is my prayer that this is the beginning of many of us being in some type of connection and relationship with their family. And I think the Lord can do a lot with that. A couple of things that stood out to me that they shared this morning, I just want to reiterate. When Whitney said that for Kirby, his faith becoming his own was the question of what do I need to do to obey Christ? That question is before all of us is like, what, what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing today in this week in obedience to Jesus? What is he calling me to? He doesn't call us all to the same specific things. So we work out the general commands he's given us in specific ways by listening. Like, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to be obedient? Secondly, just when she was talking about the Bible study and how they just invited people to read the Bible, I won't point them out, but there's someone in our church who does that with coworkers where she works, that she's just opened her home up to people who don't believe the gospel and just said, would you just be willing to come over and let's read the Bible together? And they do that on a regular basis. What does that look like for us? Like, How are we in our families keeping those who don't know Jesus before our eyes and our hearts and our prayers? We're not, again, we're not all supposed to do the same thing but we all have the same general command, and there are specific ways we're supposed to obey it. So how are we obeying those commands? And then the final thing was just the question that Kobe, uh, that Kobe, Kirby posed. How is God calling us to die to ourselves to bring unity? I love that. How is God calling us to die to ourselves to bring unity, to bring people into the church and to bring people who are in the church together. We've been, you know, we didn't compare notes. Uh, and I am even feel even more affirmed in my spirit that the Lord's doing something. But 
I've posed the question to you now probably for three weeks in a row, talking about how every day living the gospel will cost us something. There will be some type of suffering that will come into our life because we're obeying Jesus. It costs us something. The cost brings us to the reward. This is just a different way, though, to pose the question. How are we dying to ourselves? What is the cost for us in being obedient? And I just want us to wrestle with that question. Because I'm excited about what God will say to each of us individually if we really ask that. And to start to hearing stories about what we're doing when we leave here and we're separated, what are we doing to be obedient to Jesus, to bring unity, and to give of ourselves that others may know about Christ? So may the Lord lean on our hearts and show us the things that he wants to show us. I want to ask the worship team if they'll come up. We're going to end in worship and singing together today. We're also going to end praying for the McMunns. And so as the worship team comes, you guys can bring the lights down, if you will, in the booth. Um, what we're going to do is we sing this last song together. I just want to encourage you to engage in worship. So sing, uh, stand up, kneel, walk around, do whatever you need to do just to point your heart and be attentive. Sing to the Lord in praise of what He is doing. Um, and the way that he is orchestrating our lives and our church. But we're also, I'm going to ask Kirby, and I don't, I don't know if Whitney will be available, but whoever in their family can, we're just going to gather over here where we would normally pray. And I'm going to get Nick to come. And um, I just want to ask if you feel led to, to draw over here with where we are, that we're just going to pray for their family in the way that they ask to be prayed for. So anyone who wants to come and join with us in that, as we pray for them, you can. That's what we'll be doing um, over here to my left in just a moment. All right, so let's uh, let's prepare our hearts to sing together, to pray for their family. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you, God, for how you remind us that we are a part of a family. Most of the people in this room have never met Kirby or Whitney before. But today, they have heard from a brother and a sister in Jesus and you have given them a message and specific words for us that go right along with what you have been teaching us and challenging our church about even in the last few weeks. So God, we get to see how you are moving among your people. How you are orchestrating this huge family. And we get to see that and be a part of it. And I'm thankful for that. God, I pray that you will give the McMunns everything they need. Talking to Kirby last night, Father, I believe they have, have a gap in what they hope to have funding-wise as they return. I pray that you would close that gap and meet all of their needs. But God, even if, if you have them go back without that gap being filled, I trust, God, that you will provide for them as they step out in faith. God, I also pray that you would raise up people in this body of believers who would stay connected with them in a relational way. God, that the next time they come back here, God, it would be like them, them returning to a family they know personally because of people that you raise up to keep in touch with them. God, if you will, call us individually to support them financially, to give of ourselves in that way. God, continue to provide for our church that we might be able to, as a, as a corporate body, support them. And God, I pray that if it is your will, that you would let there be a day where there might be people from this church who go to the Czech Republic to see firsthand and have an opportunity to engage in gospel work there. Father, we love you. We are thankful, God, that by the blood of Christ you have given us peace with yourself and unity with one another. Thank you, God. 
In Jesus' name, amen.